Go ahead, Kim. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, first Classroom 2.0 live show, um, where Peggy and I are co-hosting with Steve Hargadon. And we're going to be talking today about PLN, Professional Learning Networks. And Steve, if you can give us an overview on how to use the Illuminate Room. Yes, so uh, lots of thanks to Illuminate for providing this room. This is a neat technology and uh, it's a lot of fun. If you're here for the first time, don't be nervous. This is a beginner-friendly environment. And uh, if you uh, want to make sure that you're able to talk, if you'd like to, you can go up to the Tools Audio, Audio Setup Wizard and that uh, just checks to make sure that your mic uh, would work if you wanted to speak. If you, uh, if we give you, if there's a place at which we're seeking for response and you'd like to do so, you can raise your hand, and that's done by clicking the little hand icon with the up arrow, which at the bottom of the participants list. Uh, that lets us know you you'd like to speak, and we can give you the mic at that point in time, and we'll let you know that's the case. You're certainly welcome to chat as much as you'd like in the, in the chat room. Everything here is recorded, both the audio and the chat. Uh, just wanted to make sure that you know that. Um, and this, the little next to the raised hand icon is a smiley face, a confused face, clapping, and a, and a thumbs down. And you can use those to express uh, your response at any point in time if you don't want to actually speak or put something in the chat. So if I think something's awfully well said, I can clap. That's me clapping. <laughs> or I can show that I'm confused. Uh, you're certainly welcome to play around with those if you'd like. Um, looks like you're putting in where you're from in the chat, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, you can also tell us what time it is where you are and what the weather's like. It's fun to kind of get a sense of, of where people are and what they're doing. Anyway, so I hope you have a great time. Uh, I'm here to support you. If you are having any troubles, uh, please go ahead in the chat and message me directly and let me know. And I'll try and uh, take care of that behind the scenes while uh, everything else is going on. Okay, back to you, Kim. Can I just jump in for a second? Sure. All right. I just wanted to give my own um, special welcome to all of you that have chosen to take your time to join us today. We're really happy to have you. And I also want to give a warm welcome to Lorna Costantini, who is going to be our new regular backup co-host. And she's ready to step up and fill in whenever we need her. And Lorna's in the chat room today. So uh, welcome, Lorna. We're so glad you're with us. And um, Kim, I'll turn it back to you, and maybe you can tell them about how our show works. OK. Um, we're going to be uh, talking today about professional learning networks. And we'll be inviting you to weigh in with your comments, opinions, and questions. And before we do that, if everybody could um, locate on the whiteboard over here the laser pointer is like the blue one with the red circle, the red star at the end. And drag that out and click where you're from. You can also put it in the chat if you'd like. Again, if you want to put something about the weather or the time that it is in your area of the world. Okay, so nobody could if do that because I had taken away the whiteboard privilege. 
but I've given it oh, back. Oh. And <laughs> so now you can do it. So it's that little wand oh. with the bright red the dot at the end, and I apologize. Go ahead and uh, click down <laughs> on the map. Excellent. I didn't even think to there they come. Thank you. There, I was like, nobody wants to <laughs> tell us where they're from. <laughs> they're in hiding. Great, thank you. Looks like mainly from the U.S. Like Alaska? Luxembourg. Okay. Is Idaho Look, having uh, trouble posting? <laughs> <laughs> and we can, again, since it looks like it was mainly a, a crowd around the U.S., we can also get a little more specific with our locations here. We want to welcome everybody from around the world, whether you're listening currently live or to the recording at a later time. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we welcome your contributions. Um, again, we're talking today about managing and using social networks and a professional learning network. And I want to put up a poll question for us. This is the newbie question of the week. Do you know what a PLN is? If you do, if you will look at the, your top toolbar, there's the check. If you do, please click the check. If you don't know what a PLN is at the moment, because you will by the end of the show, then click the no, the red X to indicate that you do not know. So if everybody could weigh in on that. And those, the check and the X are at the top of your window. That's great, Jackie. And those are the results for the what is a PLN. And at the moment, Looks like the majority do know what a PLN is, a professional learning network, so that's great. Let me go ahead and we're going to move on to our next poll. Is have you ever used Twitter? And if you could again weigh in with the check for yes and the X for no. Great, let me get the results. And it looks like majority do use Twitter or have used it, maybe not regularly, um, but that's great. That's one of the tools that we're going to mention today. And another tool that people use to uh, manage their network is Plurk. Let me clear the responses. And if you could indicate if you have ever used Plurk. Interesting. It looks like more people have used or do use Twitter than Plurk by a significant margin. That's very interesting. Peggy, did you have any comments you wanted to share on that? Well, uh, it, it just struck me. I mean, it's so great to see the visual of the responses, and we just may need to do a show on Plurk to tell people what that's all about sometime in the future. 782% growth in Twitter in 2008. Wow, that's a large statistic. 
And I, yeah. I know if any if you use Twitter, I've um, you probably noticed I've been getting a lot more um, marketing people and companies following me on Twitter. Have you noticed that oh, trend, really? Peggy? Mm -hmm. Not particularly, except for those I've chosen to follow, and then they follow me back. There's a Mr. Tweet, and he sends out leads as well to, for people to follow. And I, there's a lot of business ones in there because they go outside oh. of your regular genre. And oh, I see. I'm thinking that maybe has something to do with it as well. That could be. Uh, I noticed that Peter commented that he was uh, perplexed when he first looked at a screenshot of Plurk, and that was the <laughs> way I felt too. <laughs> and I got quickly discouraged. It takes a while. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> well, I got discouraged when my karma wasn't going up, <laughs> so I decided yes, to ignore yes. that. <laughs> yes, that can be kind of frustrating, but if you put out two Plurks, a day, original clerks, and respond to five or ten, then your your karma will go up every single day. That's what the so karma you say. ratio <laughs> requires. Yes, that's what they okay. say. So, um, All right. Well, why don't I use we... both. Do we have Kevin with us yet? Do we have Kevin no, with us yet? I don't see. I don't see him yet. Because we wanted to get into the newbie question of the week next, mm -hmm. um, maybe we should reverse that order. That sounds good. And and just we'll we'll uh, let me give everyone just a quick overview of what we're going to do in each show, and um, then we'll jump into the the read of the week. Great. In each show, okay. we're going to include. Um, a topic for the show, which we hope will be universally interesting to everyone that joins us, but we're also going to have a newbie question of the week each week. And we want those to be questions that people that are just getting started with personal learning networks or social networking um, might have. And so we want to give some just real be basic information and get input from people in the room about their experiences on that topic. Um, and we'll have open mic and chat kind of to go along with each of these sections. And we're also going to do um, either an article or a blog post or um, book talk for just a short time, maybe 10 minutes in each show, where we share one particular thing with you and talk about that and um, ask for your input on it. So today's um, weekly read um, is something that we um, will post the link for so you can read it on your own afterwards. And it's a blog post written by Will Richardson. It was published in um, Mass Q back in spring 2008 called Building Your Own PLN. 
And we chose that because we were going to do our newbie question of the week on what is a PLN, which is Personal Learning Network, and why do I need one? So hopefully Kevin will be joining us soon and will um, fill you in on the details of that. But just to give you an overview of the article, um, in case you haven't read it, um, he provides an excellent overview of the rationale for developing a personal learning network, and then he suggests some steps for beginning to build your own PLN. And an important point he makes is that our students are already networking, and we all know this, and this is a skill our students need when they enter the job world. And so his point is, we as educators need to experience this ourselves and get ourselves networked if we're not already. And obviously, all of you that are joining us today are beginning to do that, if not already well along that road, because you're networking with us. And he emphasized in that article that you need to start by connecting with people who share your interests and passions, whether that's face-to-face -face or online. It doesn't matter. They're still part of your personal learning network. And then he says that the next step is to begin finding those people. Now, he recommends starting your search based on your interests with something like a Google blog search, which is a little different than a regular Google search. It is blogsearch.google.com, or he suggests a Technorati. And he said, when you find an interesting post, skim through it, evaluate it, and think about whether that person is someone you really want to connect with. Check to see how often the blog's updated. Read through the last 10 or so posts. And if you like what you see, consider writing a response to that blog post with a comment that uses your real name and email address, because that's what will help you to connect with people. And then, if you're really brave, you might want to write your own blog post, responding to what you read and adding to that conversation with a link back to the original post. And he also stresses, as you build your network, um, that you should seek diversity of voices so you can kind of stretch your own learning and thinking and not just be talking to people who agree with you. So in this section of the show, we'd like to continue Will's conversation with all of you. Do you agree with the suggestions? What are your personal experiences with uh, building a PLN? Tell us how you got started and how it's working for you. And you can share by either raising your hand for permission for the mic, or you can type it in the chat window. So anyone want to jump in here? Do you want to call on me, Peggy? I'd love to. <laughs> so Will's suggestion, uh, I really like Will's suggestion. I really like Will's suggestion of linking back to the post that was of interest to you. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a trick here, which is kind of fun, and it's uh, you know, it shouldn't be overused. But typically, most people who are blogging have a Google search on their own name, so that if their name comes up in a conversation, they can respond or participate. So if you actually name a blogger and link to them uh, in your blog post, it's likely they will see it. Now, if they're really busy, okay. you, know, you, you may not get a response. But you know, if, you, if you really thought you were saying something that would be uh, that built on something that Will Richardson said or, or Peggy George said, 
and you were kind of hoping that they would see it and be able to respond to you, you know, you can put their name in your blog post and link to them, and, and it's more likely that they will. The other thing I wanted to mention also is that um, the new conversations.net website that I put up has a specific search through the most active educational blogs, and that's a good way also to find conversations that you, you know, are of particular interest to you. Excellent. Thank you. Anyone else like to jump in and share? How did you get your personal learning network started? Jean, do you want to take the mic? You're putting some great ideas in there. So it looks like Eve has raised her hand, Peggy. Yep, yeah, and I, I just I logged in to speak. Can you hear me? Thank Excellent. You. Yes, Welcome. we can. Yes. Thanks. Um, really, Oops. there we go. Just lost you. How about let's try that again? Excellent. There you go. All right. I just started blogging this year. I have a, a classroom blog, and I have with my fourth graders, and I have a personal blog, um, one for science notebooking, and one just as me as a classroom teacher. And I have been looking for other fourth grade classes that blog and um, doing some searches both on Classroom 2.0 and just you know random Google searches. And um, through that, I found other people who um, blog with their children. So I basically, I guess, create a link. You know, I follow their blogs through my blog, so that way I, I see when things are updated, um, if it's something I want my children to respond to, that type of thing. So that's pretty much how I how I'm following people, and I guess if that's in the spirit of the Personal Learning Network. Absolutely. Those are Definitely. great suggestions. And I really try to keep it, and then through those people, they connect me to other people. So I, I know I, I, yes. I, there's a, another classroom teacher who um, I've done a collaborative event with him, and he blogs with a group of teachers in Colorado specific to integrating technology. So I'm I so through him I found that that group and, and so forth. So that's basically how I'm how I'm doing it. And isn't that where we all get attention deficit? <laughs> I don't know if you're like <laughs> me, but <laughs> whenever I click on one of those people to go take a look at them, before I know it, I'm on their blog and reading their blog post and clicking on somebody's comment and going to their blog. And all of a sudden, I'm 10 layers deep and not quite sure where I started. Does that happen Please, to you? Yeah, I know it. I get lost. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and it yes. definitely does happen to me. Yeah, that definitely happens um, when I'm doing it as well, because then you get linked to them, and you get linked to somebody else, and linked to somebody else. So, but it, I'm yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, Me too. That's the way to grow. That's right. That's right. And we've all been there, especially <laughs> at the beginning. It can be rather daunting, the blogosphere. Absolutely. Would anyone else like to take the mic and share how you got started and what's working for you? Okay, we'll go on to Sam Hardy. Welcome. Click on the talk button when you're ready, Sam Hardy. Hi. <laughs> 
Hello. It's actually a twist on Smarty, just spelled a little differently. Um, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sean is also in the um, in the the participant list here, and I were talking a couple years ago about professional learning networks, and one of the things that we ended up doing and starting was uh, a podcast designed for middle school teachers. And the, the concept behind it was that we could share professional learning um, amongst people and from around the world in, a, in an audio way so that people could, um, could listen in and could share and become part of the community. So um, we actually started a podcast a couple of years ago to share with middle school people and it's something that we were committed to doing on a long-term basis because a lot of podcasts come and go and a lot of blogs have come and gone. And we thought it was important that people have that opportunity to, to talk and to discuss things. So if anyone's interested in that, they can check it out at middleschoolmatters.com. But that was one thing that we thought was important as well is that people get a chance to um, get different points of view and to access new technology in different ways. Definitely. That's a good point. And if you'd like to share links in here, um, please make sure uh, that you type it with the HTTP colon slash slash. And you can type those in the chat as we go along um, throughout the show. Thanks, Marty. Okay. Uh, Lorna, would you uh, like to speak? Great. Thanks very much. Can you hear me fine? We sure can. Thank you very much. Um, it's really exciting to be here. I want to say that first of all. And I'm just thrilled to watch all the great conversations that are going on in the chat room. But I think I have a bit of a different kind of uh, introduction into Twittering because it, my particular um, passion is about uh, connecting parents to the classroom. And so my entrance into all this started with uh, searching through Google for looking for people who were involved with parent involvement and came up with Matt Montaigne, who is a teacher at um, Milwaukee, University School of Milwaukee, he's now out in California right now. But it was this one-on-one -on -one conversation I had with this one person who got the whole idea of social networks going in. So we took this to the uh, different kind of podcasting because we're the moderators at uh, EdTech Talks and Appearances as Partners show. So that was the way our networking has gone on, and that's how I met Peggy, and that's how I met Steve, and so that's you know that's how we went to uh, start our social networking, which has expanded into all the tools that everybody's talking about. So that's how I got started. Awesome. That's great. And it kind of expanded um, to include each of us in here at some point or one another. We've all crossed paths. Thank you, Lorna. Um, let's see. Up to Jean. And welcome. Is that working? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Welcome. Okay, great. Welcome. Hi there. How is how is everybody? 
Um, I got started in all of this. I I was um I'm I'm on a, a national ALA committee this for the next two years. It's the Alert Committee, Library and Instruction Roundtable, and I'm a high school library media specialist. And so through that roundtable, you know, I started we're, we're working on projects about how to network with our local communities. And you know, for me personally, I'm visiting my K to eight feeder schools and going to the higher ed colleges around me and trying to establish local networks and. So I started getting into all of this, um, went on to Facebook, made some excellent connections on there. There's a lot of um, librarians on Facebook. Got into Second Life um, quite a bit. I'm trying to establish a presence there. Um, but I look at it in layers. You know, my professional association involvement has helped me a great deal because of the contacts I've made just across the country and having to go to the ALA annual and all of that kind of thing. Um, Steve, I've seen you on Twitter, I think. I'm, I'm bookgirl425. Um, but then I got into Nings, and then I do have a blog I'm starting, and I in the microblogging in my own library webpage. But you know what I have found out is your network is only as good, you know, as as its activity. It's got to be a high activity network. So I'm working on. You know, narrowing it down to make sure that my net and my network is feeding me the proper information that I'm looking for right now. So that's all I have to say. Well, thank well, you. Thank and those you. important, important points. points on making sure that your network is has the same interests and gives you the same resources that you're interested in. Um, Steve, can you take? There was a question in the uh, chat about can you explain Ning? So Ning is a social networking service, and when we think of social networks, we think of MySpace and Facebook, which are uh, very large communities um, that that uh, use these tools to build uh, community and collaboration. What, what Ning did was kind of to, to twist that. Uh, 90 degrees and allow you to create your own social network. And the brilliance of that is you can create smaller communities around specific topics, but with all of the tools that are so compelling in a social network, forum discussions and photo and video uploading and messaging and, um, and a personal page. So Ning is a free service. It's ad supported. You can pay to, to take the ads away, but it allows you to start a social network around any topic. So Classroom 2.0 is, is a Ning network. Um, there are Ning networks for all kinds of fun educational professional development um, topics. I started one last night called Future of Education that um, was based on uh, some questions that uh, Carol Bruce was being asked um, as part of participating in a, in a meeting with the new Secretary of Education. And, um, and just announced it, and uh, I think it has uh, close to 200 members just in several hours. When people and there's a topic people are interested in, it's a great way to gather them around that topic. And I'll put a I'll put a link up to some uh, lists of social networks and education that are kind of fun to look at. Thank you. And there's a comment from Smarty about managing social networks is a huge topic. And it is. There's a lot to 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 deal with a lot of tools that you can use, um, a lot of sites to help help you manage your network. And that's what we're talking about today are 
tips and tools and um, ways that you manage your network and the ways that you learn from your network and share with your network cohort. Has Kevin arrived yet by chance? I don't see him in the chat. Um, any other people want to comment on um, the idea of the social network and how you started your network or how you grow and expand your network? Why do you call um, it the Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. Mary Kay has a question about what is page flakes and you use that in your grade using that and creating those pages. I do use that and like it a lot. It's very similar to the iGoogle um, home page and it allows you to subscribe to different RSS feeds on different topics and they remain on your home page. So if you want to quickly monitor um, the activity that's going on in uh, blogs or name communities, anything that has an RSS feed, you can subscribe to on a PageFlake site. Very similar to NetVibes. A lot of people use that too. Thomas mentioned that. Um, so I find that's a very good way to help me manage things so that I don't have to keep going back and checking on things. Now my Google Reader will also um, bring up anything I've subscribed to, but there's something nice about having it on a home page where all the tabs are visible. So that's the, a quick um, description of page flakes. Kim, maybe we could go to the share tabs page and um, show people some of the links that we've made available to them um, to continue learning more about personal learning networks and ways to develop them. And then we'll um, continue our conversation about managing and using social networks. Absolutely. Let me go ahead and load up PageFlakes. And PageFlakes, Peggy and I found by um, I think Wicked Decent Learning and they were on EdTech Talk this past week. And I will put in the share tabs link in the chat. So you'll have access to the share tab and when you click, when you load the share tab page, it brings up a preview page with thumbnails of all of the sites that we're using in the, the show today. Here's the icon and here's the article that you can read at a later time. And there are some other readings in here that about using memes, social networks, um, some blog posts and wikis. Of course, the show wiki sites and sites related to the show that you can check out at a later time. But um, Peggy and I really started to use the share tabs to kind of keep for show use as well as for personal use to keep um, sites and on one particular topic and so forth. And so you'll have access to this as well, and I'll put that in the chat uh, closer to the end of the show. But we wanted to show some of these things as well. Um, another way to share and share resources with one another is the share tab tool. 
Excellent. So let's think about um, social networking and all the ways you're finding to manage. We've already started talking about some of them. Share tabs is another one, and page flakes and net vibes and Google readers and all of those are another one. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I still have a bit of a cough today. Um, what? Uh, I know, as I mentioned before, that my big dilemma was clicking on so many things and finding ways to manage all of that without becoming overwhelmed. So I'd like to just sort of throw that question out to you and ask people to take the mic or add things in the chat room about how do you keep balance in your life and still participate in all of these social networks? Raise your hand if you'd like to share your strategy, um, or if you've written a blog post on this subject, or have read a great blog post on this subject, please drop that link in the chat window. Anyone? Looks like Eve would like to join us. Peggy, were you sharing your desktop? Not me. Maybe that's Eve. Okay. Okay. Let me give the mic to Eve. Go ahead, Eve. You have the mic. Um, actually, I was referring to the Ning. Our um, um, we talked about it earlier, but our IT coach put together a Ning for our school for um, discussions on the new Promethean boards, and I thought that she. I mean, she kept it, I think, too limited to just our school, which is pretty small, and uh, most of us are not that. Um, again, we run into too much, too many things we're doing, so we don't really have time to sort of go in there and chat all the time. Um, but it was just interesting because that, I mean, aside from the classroom 2.0 ning, that was the only other one I'd seen. Um, and this week, I just started a project with my fourth graders where they're working with um, animals. Um, and this is going to be a completely online project. So I started, is it Delicious, a Delicious website? Yes, there's a Delicious bookmarking site. Yeah, um, I was trying to keep the kids from having to do sort of blind Google searches, so I've been uploading mm -hmm. like links to their animals. Um, and you know, mm -hmm. and obviously I linked it through my classroom website so that the students could go in and look on one of the tags. So if they did baboons, they could click on baboons and all the baboon websites that I downloaded. And, that, and that's a little more time consuming than I thought it was going to be, but you know, I'm sure I'll probably do this project. I'll probably do this project next year, so I, I, so I keep telling myself. Right. It's definitely time worth invested because you can always reuse it. Yes, and, and delicious is an excellent way to organize your bookmarks for your students. Deagle is another way that you can organize bookmarks um, by lists so that uh, you can create visual web slides of them very similar to what ShareTabs is like. Um, and Deagle is a social bookmarking site just like Delicious is a social bookmarking site. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's pretty much my only experience with sort of organizing my social network uh, as far as that goes. But that, that was the only comment I had. And Deagle has Great. an educator version for, uh, for use in the classroom with students that um, is a secure site with, and I believe there aren't any ads. 
you may want to check into to check that. out. Definitely. Yes. And Steve, you mentioned earlier that you wanted to show how you use iGoogle. So um, you want to go ahead and share that? Sure. I've just found that the mental model of uh, the email inbox, which I'd carried for, for years with my um, RSS feeds, didn't serve me very well because I always felt behind. So when I shifted to this idea that the, all of this information from my personal learning network was more like a newspaper, then instantly it kind of freed me from feeling like I had to read everything. And the way I did that was that I have Google Reader as my aggregator, the way I keep track of all my feeds. And there's a little widget you can uh, use from Google Reader to put it on your iGoogle homepage. And I have iGoogle as my homepage. And those, those feeds come through whenever I look at my homepage and I'll click through them. But if they drop off that page, I kind of just will let them drop. And so you have you use the search engines for topics or keywords or blogs on there as well? Well, for or me, um, yeah, no. So if I'm looking for a topic in specific, that's kind of why I built conversations.net. Um, and, and that's a lot of fun to use uh, in that way. But uh, in terms of just sort of the overwhelming volume of everything that's posted by people I know, there's something called the, uh, what's it called? It's called the birthday dilemma. It's also known as the handshake problem. And the <laughs> handshake problem is when you go into a room that with 30 people, if everybody has to shake hands with each other, how many handshakes are actually taking place? And clearly, oh, okay. the more the clearly the more people that you have uh, contact with, the the this huge increase of volume in terms of information that comes your way. So for me, I've gotten past the initial starting phases of finding people that I was interested in learning from or from conversing with, to being in a place where I could literally read thousands and thousands of messages um, any in any day that would be of interest to me. So for me, sort of getting the balance was managing the, the shift from thinking of that as my inbox to thinking of it the way I would think of a newspaper. You know, I look through it. I don't have to read okay. every article. You know, and then the next day mm -hmm. comes and it's a new day and it's a new paper. Interesting. Okay. Yes, like Nicole said, you read what piques your interest. And I know a lot of people skim blog posts too. Would anyone else like to take the mic and share and expand some of these ideas? I just was typing something long, and maybe I'll just jump in and, and <laughs> comment on it. <laughs> if, if you're a Mac user, there is a wonderful application called Snacker that allows you to have a running scroll across the bottom of your screen that brings up everything you've subscribed to in your feed reader. And um, if you click on anything as it's scrolling across the bottom, it pops up and you can immediately read the blog post or the announcement of a podcast or whatever it is. And if you want to go to the site, the link is right there and you can go directly to the site and continue reading. But that I have found, I don't keep it turned on all the time because it would be very distracting. But 
I've found it to be a great way to get things that I might miss on Twitter or even trying to stay current with my um, Google Reader to um, just click on it as it pops up when that topic looks interesting. So just one more tip for Mac users. And Peggy, is that only for Mac? I think that it is. Let me take a quick check and see. Because that would be great and, and interesting to try um, if it were for PCs as well. And while you're looking, um, I'm going to go ahead and give Antoine the mic. So Antoine, go ahead. Great. Good morning. Hopefully you can hear me. I am um, hear you great. Hear Fantastic. Um, as you know, Steve, this has been awesome experience. I, uh, from the last show, just constantly, um, I'm constantly on the Classroom 2.0 site. But more importantly, we started to use the Ning in my district. Uh, we created a Chula Vista Educator Ning site. And the biggest challenge that I've had is, one, trying to moderate this. And I don't know how Steve does. He does a fantastic job. But more importantly, trying to get people to um, commit to com contributing within the community. That's been the biggest challenge that I've had. I do see the potential. I do see the potential. We're, as a district, transferring from a Web 1.0 environment to a Web 2.0 environment. And we've got those little battles with our IT department. They're not too sure how to um, accept this Ning environment, accept this open community or open collaborate, collaborative mm -hmm. community. But I think over time, as um, we begin to shift that paradigm and we take control, if, we, if you will, of the, um, the perception of technology within a district. It's not a business tool. It is a collaborative tool uh, at this point. I think we're going to win that battle as a, as, a, as a community within our district. But I've just been very um, impressed with the potential of Ning, and I can see that potential as I, as Steve can see, as I explored our Classroom 2.0 site. So again, I'm appreciative very appreciative of, of, of everything that's been happening within year 209 in terms of what's going on. Thank you. Those important points, yeah, every district's going to have to, uh, you know, expand and, and increase their knowledge of the network security as well to uh, accommodate the Web 2.0 tools. And Steve, you want to go ahead and I wanted to reply specifically to Antoine uh, on that um, because I think you know I have a history in open source software. That was that's one of my passions, and I've spoken a lot about it at different conferences. And I could talk till I was blue in the face about the pedagogical value of open source software, but it wasn't until open source programs actually solved very real practical day-to-day -day issues for education that we began to see real use. And, and Moodle is a classic example of this. Moodle is a great open source learning management program. People mostly adopt it because of the quiz functionality, because it saves teachers time. And then once they've done that, they kind of are drawn in and find the other features. So my experience tells me that the same is true with social networks like Ning. There has to be some really compelling uh, solution that it provides. Maybe there's a dialogue in the district around a particular divisive topic or there's some need for input where, where actually using the network will really make a difference. And the, it, you need something like that to actually bring people in, at which point they begin to discover the power. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's been my uh, perception lately.
I agree. That's important. When they find something that benefits them and is useful to them. And yeah, maybe if you it, want to it, take over, go ahead and answer. I'm sorry. It's definitely um, again. That's that's exactly what it is. It's finding that that tipping point where um, the district community, in terms of the educators, see the value of not just collaborate, collaborating within the, the four walls of the school site, but within the district and um, within you know the internet as a whole. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We haven't yet found that that valuable piece of information that we will all want to collaborate on, but we're getting there. We're getting there. And again, I take your words um, with. Uh, with some uh, some great thought behind it. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Lindsay asked a great question about um, getting teachers started. Which tool would you start with uh, if you were presenting it to your teachers so that they don't get overwhelmed immediately when they hear about all these things? Jackie says Twitter, and that's a great way. I, I'm inclined mm -hmm. to say Twitter, too. I uh, kind of think so, too. Uh, yeah, Nicole Inhill is a big user on Plurk. Um, Plurk, you can get into more discussions, um, but I would definitely start with uh, Twitter or Plurk. And Eve is mentioning that her district blocks Twitter, and a lot of times that is the mm -hmm. case. Um, so mm -hmm. you may teachers may need to actually start their social networking at home um, with something like Twitter, uh, but they might be able to get into someone's blog once they started following someone um, that they found through Twitter and could access the blog and the posts um, in. Um, school in the school environment. It's always such a challenge when um, the tools that you want to use are blocked, but that's a, an important starting point. You have to start by helping the people who are the decision makers understand what the tool is and why you need and want it and try to work with them. Yes. And like Steve said, it's in a leap into immediacy. Yes. I use for discussions and learning, and Twitter I use for like um, to see when live events are going on, announcements, to blog posts, like something that's going to be you know immediately happening or shortly in the future. Um, yes. Let's go ahead and Sean's go. comment. Can I just follow up on Sean's comment about me with the pre-formatted stuff? I think the Classroom 2.0-ing is a great place for people to get started if that's not blocked for you because they have so many discussion forums. And as other people have mentioned, if you can find a discussion topic that you're interested in and read that and the comments, that could begin to help you grow your personal learning network too. Definitely, and then see if those people have blogs or, or they're using Twitter exactly. and kind of expand it out that way. It's kind of like the the image that we have here, starting with the student in the middle branching outward. Uh, yes. Let me go ahead and give the mic to uh, Marty. Excellent. Uh, 
Thank you. Um, I, I wanted to comment on something Peggy mentioned. Uh, being an IT director myself, um, I see a lot of these requests come in from teachers regarding the request to have particular sites uh, unblocked. Uh, and unfortunately, in some cases, it's not just that site that needs to be unblocked, but other subsequent linked sites that also need to be unblocked. So it's important when you when you folks are researching uh, these particular social networking sites that you get your IT department involved and you give them all the information necessary, not just about the one particular site, but all the subsequent sites you want to use in your instruction. Uh, one of the things we've seen that has always become a challenge, especially recently with Web 2.0, is that the, the one particular blog site that we will unblock because of the educational value is, has content in it or specific links that are uh, ultimately filtered for inappropriate content later on down the line. And the more sophisticated some of these filtering mm -hmm. products become, uh, the more behavioral based they become, the more challenging it becomes for teachers. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Marty. It's always yeah. a challenge. I'm so glad you yeah. jumped in. <laughs> um, Eve, you want to go ahead and take the mic? And uh, actually, I was, yeah, I was actually going to thank the speaker, too, because um, I've requested to have sites unblocked before and never heard back. So I don't know yeah. why they're not being unblocked. So it's kind of nice to hear him say, you know, okay, it's not just the site, it's all the links that are contained in the site. So I appreciate knowing that information so I can stop being mean in my head to our little IT people. Um, <laughs> it is frustrating, um, but. Oh, it is, I know. So I just think, okay, they're just ignoring me, but that's fine. Um, now that we're talking. We were talking about how um, you got started, um, or a good way for um, teachers to get started. And for me, I got started because our district is a terrible website for teachers. It's not very user friendly. So I went out and found a website. And that was literally how I got started. And um, so I, you know, I went to teacherweb.com, I think it is. And I, I've developed a, a really sort of good interactive website with lots of things on it. And then I went to a um, conference, a science conference, because I teach science. And there I was a composting class. And the teachers who were doing this composting class, they were fifth graders and fifth grade teachers. And they had their students blogging about um, their composting project. And this is the first time I've ever seen blogs used with children. And I was sitting at this thing completely fascinated by composting, but more fascinated by the fact that these students were doing what they were doing. They were uploading photos, they were making qualitative and quantitative observations about their, um, their composting, they were um, basically um, you know, incorporating writing and technology and science all together. So that's when I left that conference and I, um, I started investigating blogs. And um, I had to get my district to approve it because I believe I'm the first person in the district who is blogging with their children. We have a small district. And I'm sort of a guinea pig test case right now. But I mean, just from watching <laughs> what, one, what one teacher could do with their children and blogging led for me to blogging, and which has now led to me finding Classroom 2.0, which led to now the delicious bookmarking sites, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was how I got started. And I, I mean, that's kind of. I'm hoping that through showcasing what my children are doing, blogging and um, doing different things, that other teachers will be inspired to do that as well. Definitely, modeling—you know—the technology that you want 
teachers and students to adopt is definitely the good starting point in making your concerns known with your principal or uh, IT department, whatever your chain of command is, wherever you have the support, and proving that there is an actual educational reason to have those uh, sites and resources available to you. And I know I have a friend who's a technology coach at another school, and what he's done is isolate those teachers who have shown an interest um, and is really working with developing their skills in order for them to teach other teachers or to show other teachers what they're capable of, because he finds that people sort of tend to tune him out a little bit, but they're, they're less likely to tune out other teachers who are actually implementing these things. So I thought that was a pretty good strategy for him, is to isolate those teachers who already sort of have higher than normal sort of technology skills and can work it into their curriculum. Absolutely right. Peter Zink commented starting with the core. Um, and the, uh, every campus that we've each been on has started with a group of early adopters who are exploring and trying these things and modeling. And then the fire just kind of catches and the excitement spreads. and. Um, you know, it also spreads with students, where the students will pressure the teacher. Well, I want to do what they're doing. You know, I want to uh, be able to use a wiki or be able to use a meme with our class. Can we do that? And so, you know, it just continues to spread and expand and grow. And some have mentioned in their blog post that it can become very overwhelming and, and daunting. So, you know, all of these tools that we've talked about today are very important in kind of controlling that, making it easier for you versus becoming uh, out of control and growing limbs and, and um, running away with things. I see somebody uh, has kind a post of down. I'm sorry? I was saying that somebody had a post saying, you know, being one of those teachers, how do you grow your skills quickly? Um, and uh, literally, I went from developing the website um, to doing the blog, finding Classroom 2.0, which was a really good starting point for me to, you know, Definitely. decide what I was going to do. Definitely. But I also did a project, so if, maybe if you pick a project and then go from there. So, right, you have a purpose, and you have to find a way to um, meet your purpose and accomplish that goal. Uh, let's go ahead and um, go on to our next poll, which is, what is your favorite tool to post status updates? And those are the updates um, on Facebook or Twitter um, where you make your announcement or you say what your blog post is that you just did. or that you um, you know you put out on Twitter or Plurk and Facebook since they can kind of uh, their applications that post to all of them at one time you know that this session was going on or somebody is streaming live and those are your updates that you send out your status updates so please ring in um, let me change the format of the poll. Actually, it'll be um, A through E, not one through five. There we go. A being Twitter and Plurk. And so if you could use the letters at the top. A is Twitter, two is Plurk, three is Facebook, uh, C is Facebook, 
D is friend feed and E is other no tool. Maybe right now some of you are just starting, so you don't have these tools in place yet. And um, that's okay. That's we're all here starting. We've all started at that point. And you're um, you may choose all of the above to give an update on your status of what you're doing. Um, you're listening to Classroom 2.0 live show. Um, However, you just want to put out what you're doing, and if you're asking questions, um, some people put these types of polls out on Twitter and Slurk as well, and solicit feedback um, that way to help expand their network as well. So let me get the results, and it looks like majority of the users use Twitter. And some are using none of those that I listed at the time. Um, so hopefully you've learned some things and you can take some of the things that we've talked about and expand those and, and find ways that these tools will really, yes, LinkedIn is another social network that's really, really good um, to meet people in your same industry as well. And Peggy brought up a good point on friend scene. Not only does it give your status updates, like what you're doing and so forth, um, it also, uh, you can see kind of the, the bookmarks that people have posted to Deagle and Delicious of the people that you follow in friend scene. So it's kind of got an all-in-one um, component that encompasses a great deal more than just being able to send out your status um, tweets and updates. Exactly. And you can narrow down the number of friends that you want to follow on FriendFeed so you can keep it manageable. But pick those people that you really respect and um, always get valuable links from and just follow those. I mean, that alone would be a great starting place for people. So it looks okay. like we're coming to the end of the show, and we need to do our wrap-up. And we do want to remind everyone that we're going to be meeting every Saturday. Our next show is January 17th. And you'll be able to see the um, information about the update of the show on our um, website, live.classroom20.com. And um, our newbie question of the week next week is, what is a feed reader, and why do I need one? And we certainly have done some talking about that, but we're going to go into a little more depth on that next week. And our topic of the week is going to be Google Forms. There are so many fantastic Google apps, and we're going to start focusing on different applications in different shows. And next week, we want to share some of the great things you can do with Google Forms, whether it's in your classroom or for professional development. So thanks again to all of you um, for joining us today. And Kim, you want to share the information about the Illuminate survey? Yes. Um, one, the first question says, please rate the following about today's session. And um, the first it has speaker content, interactivity, and overall satisfaction. And we're requesting at this time that you leave the speaker portion blank, but that you do fill out the, the rest and give your input on to 
about the content, interactivity, and overall satisfaction. We didn't feel that this survey directly um, gave the feedback that we were looking for to our type of, of show. This is more for like a class study. Um, where, or maybe where there was just one speaker. So if you could just leave that blank and fill out the rest, we would greatly appreciate that. You can also leave your feedback in the, um, in the wiki that we have. And um, let me get the link to the share tab. Go ahead, Peggy, if you want to wrap it up while I get... <laughs> I'm sorry. Wrap up. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the share tab. Okay. And thanking everybody and Steve. Well, when we you bring up the, Absolutely. Illuminate is fantastic to host um, these weekly shows. And um, once Kim gets the share tabs link back up again, you'll be able to see the link to our site. Um, and I will also post it right here in the chat room in one second. Sorry, I'm having computer problems. Sometimes it just doesn't cooperate, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. I have too many windows open. Okay, that's the link to the share tabs with everything um, of the links. And as well, it has the weekly read of the article from Will and some other great articles uh, to follow up um, and expand your reading, expand your network as well. And there's also a really great one in there where Steve is quoted. It's the fourth one on the, the share tab list about um, the <laughs> about the growing your networks and why you need to have a professional learning network and how beneficial they are. And it's not just using, like Steve said earlier, MySpace and Facebook. It's way beyond that. And it's more than just, you know, putting up pictures, partying, and so forth. It definitely has a professional purpose. So we want to thank everybody for coming today. Um, feel free to leave feedback at the, the wiki site and click on the share tab site um, for other resources, and we, again, we look forward to seeing you uh, during the week on Twitter, Plurk, Facebook, and next Saturday. And Classroom 2 owning. <laughs> Thanks, Definitely. everybody. Definitely. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you so we'll much. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.
Okay, do we want to follow up call Steve on Skype? Okay, I'll see y'all on Skype. Yes, include Lorna. <laughs> 